Good morning, everyone. Good evening, America, and welcome to the rest of the world. This is A Conversation with Kez, and I'm here today with my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George. Before we get on and talk to our equally amazing guest, just a reminder for everyone who's listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, we have Payo waiting online to answer any of your questions, post links to anything that we talk about today, and generally say hi from us on our behalf. Now, if you miss any of the live shows, don't forget to jump on to the YouTube channel and like and subscribe to us, or you can jump onto Binge Networks TV USA or the Tony TV channel app on all Roku, LG and Samsung smart TVs across the world, and the links will be in the show description. This series of shows is about authors and artists, and I am co-hosting these shows with the beautiful Kez Wickham St. George, who is in her own right an international best-selling author and a driver of her own creativity. She is passionate about helping others, and in particular, other authors in getting their books to publication. And I know that our guest today has benefited from Kez's wisdom and knowledge in this area. Now, our guest today is Michelle Von Castle, and Perth has always been home to Michelle. She was raised by a builder and lived in Bel Air, Cobar, Bowen, Yachuca, and moving around meant that Michelle experienced many different housing arrangements. She went from prestigious housing in Bel Air to a home on stilts that rocked when it moved, and a home that stood amongst the lot was the home of her auntie Nikki, where she felt completely at home and secure. While working in a furniture shop in the prestigious Subiaco uh, area in Western Australia, her home, decor, uh, her home decor was bursting with patterns, fabrics and textures. Michelle wanted one just like it and aspired to the realm of interior design. She studied design profession, which led to architectural drafting. And then Michelle became engrossed by the impact that design elements played within the home. She started analysing her life and the countless houses that she'd once called home, looking at the shift in life and luck while in each household. More than 20 years ago, feng shui was brought to Michelle's attention as it rapidly gained momentum, interest in the West. Like many, she'd read about the subject and friends had their homes healed and her curiosity flourished. A feng shui consultant came to her home with pen and paper and Michelle followed her around as she instructed on colours, furniture placement and also the assortment of symbolism within her own. Red needed to be removed from a wall. Furniture directions need to be adjusted. Jade and kumquat plants were to be placed at doors, mirrors, and pictures rehomed. Salt went in certain spots. Crystals hung to redirect energy, and the list went on. The thought of a change of luck stimulated Michelle's interest and desire, and it ignited in her a new venture and a great excuse to upskill. So, 
Michelle's story today is very much about her journey into feng shui and the book that she's just written about feng shui. And it is the book that she wished that she'd started with when she started her journey 20 years ago. So I'm going to start the show with one of Michelle's favorite quotes. What you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. And that's from Buddha. We are so powerful with our own, within our own energy and must be mindful of what we think and manifest. Good morning, Michelle. Welcome back, Kez. How are you both? Wonderful. Great. Thank you. Good morning. I'm really excited to um, have you on the show, Michelle, and I know Kez um, and you are good friends, so I'm going to hand over to Kez um, for the first question, and I've got so many of my uh, more questions of my own as well. Over to you, Kez. Good morning, ladies. Lovely to see you on board. Um, Michelle, my first question to you is, um, and I think Tony almost explained it, but the inspiration to be a feng shui master, it's, I, I know from talking to you, it's years of study and a lot of us think, oh, well, I've done the first quarter, I'm just going to stop and carry on with my life because, you know, it's getting a bit much. So what encouraged, what inspired you, even today, what inspires you to carry on? Um, that is always a really good question. Um, I started to actually fix my own home and my family, my marriage. I had a beautiful home, but the energy just still didn't feel right. Um, but I'm actually a Brewster and as my feng shui journey progressed, I realised how important Chinese astrology was to go hand in hand with feng shui. So um, every Chinese animal has its own attributes and being a rooster's, roosters are very determined and they're very methodical and they're also very detailed orientated. So um, mm -hmm. feng shui to me and continually learning it and progressing and growing it was natural because I just wanted to bring the best information and the best results I could for my own home and family, but also for all of my clients as well. I know you, and I know that everything you just said was absolutely true. You are methodical, but you're also a creative, and I find creatives, uh, we tend to go away and have a cup of coffee, and then we come back and think, what else can I do? We'll just add to it. But you're not like that. You're a very different creative, and I've seen this in you. I've seen yeah. that mythology. Is that the right word, mythology? Myth methodology? I don't know. I did actually sit with this book for quite a while and um, the pictures, all the images and pictures in this book, I've actually changed out three times before I was happy for it to go to print. So yes. I, I, I just wanted every image to be right with the information that I was explaining to, to, the, to the reader. Yes, I agree because I've got yeah. the book. And last night we experienced a guy that would not give the book back. So <laughs> <laughs> we were on another radio, That's a awesome. radio show, a local one in Rockingham. And, um, yeah, he, he actually stole my book. I had to demand it back. Um, <laughs> and then I took Michelle in for an interview. And he was like, is that my book? Is that my book? Is that my book? And I was like, oh, calm down. It's your book. Yeah. <laughs> 
we, we can't deny somebody that has such great feng shui interest a book. I have a question. Before I ask my question, though, I never realised, Michelle, that um, feng shui was so integrated with the Chinese astrology. I just thought it was its own little standalone um, modality and I didn't realise the connections and still until I started researching you and your book. And so you're an accomplished author of your instruction book, Beginner's Feng Shui. Um, are there opportunities within that book to learn the art of Feng Shui? And um, am I saying that correctly? Okay. Um, feng Shui, you actually pronounce it Feng Shui, um, and Feng Shui actually means Feng Shui. It actually means wind and water. So wind is actually oh. the energy and water is the collector of the energy. So um, often you can see the symbolization of wind and water, and that's what Feng Shui actually means. For years, I actually called it Feng Shui myself. Um, and <laughs> Um, being Australian, I got yes. away with it. Yes. Um, as the years have gone by, I've realised that I do really need to be correct and more professional. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I took on pronouncing it correctly. Um, feng Shui, this is actually my first book in a series of six because um, I've yeah. studied it so much for the last 20 years as such and practised it as well. I felt that I've got so much information and um, you've got to start somewhere. So beginners is the starting point. And um, yes, as a beginner, you will actually learn a lot from my book. It's, um, it's quite mm. westernised, so I've really simplified yes. it. I do find with a lot of the Chinese masters um, and teachers around the world of feng shui, they um, they really try to confuse you. And every book I picked up just confused me more. Ah. And I felt I, I, I didn't know what I was talking about and I, I needed to read more and I needed to understand more. Where I really think it's, it's a practical, it's a practical approach to your home. And most people yes. know whether it feels right or not. Um, and it's very steeped in symbolization. So I think the mm-hmm. some of that needs to be removed. So it's simplified and everyday people can actually use it and understand yes. it. Whether you believe in it or not, it's actually all around you. You're still affected by it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Feng Shui from a beginner's point is very much on symbolisation. It, it, it really goes to the basics of your environment. Um, also, Chinese astrology does play a large part because 33% of your luck is to do with your environment and your environment is actually your home. So when I started Feng Shui, because I came from the interior design background and houses actually interested me, um, I started my journey and I was Feng Shui in homes, but I, I, I got to this one particular job and had I known Chinese astrology, I would have been able to possibly give them a much better outcome. And the lady actually passed away within the home. And from a feng shui point of view, I, I could actually see the really bad energy within this home. But because oh. I only did feng shui, I only consulted on the home. Now, this particular lady went against everything that I told her to do from which way to um face her bed to which color to paint her bedroom so I don't know why she had me feng shui the home in the first place but um she did go against 
it basically everything that I advised her and very proudly showed me everything that I'd advised her as well. And um, within six months of having the feng shui done, she actually passed away. And that was a huge lesson to me because I thought, okay, well, there's got to be more. So at that point, I then started studying Chinese astrology. So I suppose I'm a metaphysical practitioner because I do all levels of feng shui. A lot of feng shui practitioners will only do the home. They they don't necessarily look at the different layers of it and they don't necessarily Mm. look at the Chinese astrology. But the next 33% of your luck is Chinese astrology and the remaining 34% of luck is actually free will and that is what we call feng shui. That is the power and the understanding of combining both the energy of the home and the energy of the occupant to actually get a successful outcome. Does that help? And Michelle... (laughs) That um, <laughs> sorry, Kez, I've got more, got more, another question, and then I'll hand it over to Kez. So, effectively, Michelle, feng shui, uh, if you uh, implement the suggestions according to the practice, you can really sense an energy shift within the home. So, for instance, our home where we both work and both have op- offices could really benefit from a feng shui consultation? Definitely. Everybody can benefit from a feng shui consultation, Um, of of course, um, because going into your home, I would actually look at both of your offices and then I would look at both of your personal directions and the individual energy in both of those rooms. And then we may need to move some furniture there may need to be some color shifts so then both those spaces would be fine-tuned for you individually and 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 that's that's really where the magic starts to happen yeah and but if i were to read your book i would get the anyone reading your book will get the basics though is that my understanding? They will get the basics, yeah. They will get the basics. Of course, the book isn't um, fine-tuned to it individually for, for the reader. Sure, um, yes. that, that, that's a little bit tricky. It's generalised. Yeah, um, there, there's nine different direct, choir directions that you could be and you're a combination of 60 Chinese astrology animals as such. So um, it is actually quite layered. Um, but the book Absolutely. is a really good start. It's a really good start. You have to start at the beginning. You have to understand your colours and your elements and your symbolisation um, and your environment. And simply by taking those things into account, then, yeah, you can definitely mm-hmm. see a change and a difference within your environment. But, of course, awesome. I, I, Sorry, I, can consult, I consult all around the world. So um, I, I can I, listen yes. to Michelle all day. <laughs> I know. I can, do, <laughs> I can do a remote consultation anywhere. Yes. So you can uh, like use Zoom, for instance, on a phone and go from room to room and go, okay, and you'll still get a good outcome. Yes, ah, because so much of it. Yeah, so much is actually analytical. So when I I usually know what I'm doing within a home before I arrive on site because I work off plans and Chinese astrology. So feng shui is not actually clairvoyant in any way. It's it's very no, analytical no. and mathematical. Yes. Which is well suited to your rooster personality. Yes. And now that you've said 
uh, we were talking, audience, just before the show about my husband, who is incidentally a computer programmer, and he's a rooster in the Chinese, and now I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yes, yeah. Um, roosters will also really slog things out, so they, they are very particular. They're very actually hard on their spouse um, because they, mm. they hold themselves mm. and their spouse mm. and those around them at really high standards. <laughs> yeah. it hasn't been good for my husband's. <laughs> oh, now I just... So much, so much wisdom today. So much wisdom. Sorry, Kez, over to you. That's all right. We, I know that Michelle is a master, an absolute master of what she does, so completely trust her words. But I mm. also know that Michelle has not only bought out a book. Michelle, please tell the audience what else you've, you've actually created. Um, well, I actually create a calendar every year, um, which is based on the Almanac and the 1,000-year calendar. And the calendar that I produce each year will pinpoint your the daily animal and the daily energy. So the calendar is amazing to have on your desk. Um, it tells you what date to go on a hot date or what date to sign contract. <laughs> when it's safe to hop on a plane, unfortunately, probably no time at the moment. Um, yeah, never, never again. Other than travelling, um, the, the, the calendar gives you a wealth of information. But I decided this year, um, why I had a little bit of downtime, um, that I would create a subscription. So I actually write a monthly subscription, which is available on the first of each month. And that is actually a 40-page document that I write and it breaks down all the Chinese astrology animals and all the energy that is about per month. So it's like the calendar but so much more because it's personalised mm. and you can actually indicate what is happening in the south pocket of your home or the north or where your bedroom is or where your kitchen is. And this is great knowledge to know which rooms and areas within a home to avoid from a month-to-month point of view because every month we have a particular room that has current prosperity. We may have another room that has argumentative tendencies. So if you want to win a fight, you want to sit in the current prosperity room with your back to, to your arguments. That puts you in a strong position, particularly against a rooster. Like like this knowledge is very important. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> getting so much from this interview. Yeah, so, um, so my, my subscription is really great and it is, um, it's a huge amount of information that people can actually apply and it's a really good way to learn feng shui as well. Um, because every month mm. you're having all this knowledge and information, um, you, you're rereading it and you're having an understanding and taking it into different pockets and sectors of your home. And it also gives you a really great way to understand like your spouse and your children and who you work with to who, who you get on really well with and who you might actually have a clash yes. with. Fantastic, Michelle. While we're on this, while, while we're on the subject of the subscription um, and the journal, how can our listeners um, get the subscription, and how can they tap into that information? Okay, so the subscription is actually available on the Patreon pa- platform under Complete Feng Shui. So mm-hmm. if you just go Patron Complete okay. Feng Shui, um, you can actually tap in and. Um, ad- yeah, get grab the subscription from from Patron. That's really easily 
done um, the calendar. I'm also creating a diary, which um, will be out in the next month. And that's actually a one-week-to-the-page diary. And that also gives um, monthly points of view and daily information as well. So I'm really excited about my diary because that's also a new project. Um, Either of those products, um, you can go onto my Facebook page, my Instagram page or my website, um, which is Complete Feng Shui. The Facebook page always has a lot of information. And I also on the Facebook page write articles every week. So every week you get free information um, on the Facebook page, which does show up on the web page as well. I love Fantastic, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Now, in thinking about... Michelle, it's a package? It is. We can buy it as a package? Uh, yeah, I will actually, I can set it up as a package on the Facebook page. So if people just um, message me, they can private message me then, um, or they can email me at michelle at completefengshui.com, Michelle with one L, of course, then um, yes, yes, I can sort out a package for you where you can get them all. I think great Christmas presents. It yeah, is. I was just thinking it's <laughs> I've got my getting name close down. to Christmas. What a what a great idea. Now, I'm thinking I might give myself that for Christmas. <laughs> now, Michelle, as we were talking before, um, your instruction book, Beginner's Feng Shui, how did you go about writing that? And I know that Kez helped um, uh, with this endeavor as well. So how did you go? Where did you know where to start? Or was it just a simply, uh, I'm going to start at the beginning and go from there? Um, well, I've actually now had 20 years experience of writing because for the last, um, mm-hmm. with my feng shui journey, I obviously started um, consulting and within a number yes. of years, I then started teaching. So when I started teaching, I obviously had to create manuals and workbooks. So I teach mm-hmm. beginners to practitioners. So I'm accredited to yeah. actually teach right up to a practitioner's level. And I also teach retreats and the retreats are very indulgent. Oh. So through all of my notes. So I, I, I have written so much over the years and the beginner's feng shui is a lot of the information came from like the beginner's workshops. So they're, they're, they're common mm. questions. Um, they're, 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 it is the basics of what people need to understand before they go on to Chinese astrology and flying stars and um, for further levels of feng shui. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I think um, I've had Michelle come to my home and she she sorted it out very fast and, and there wasn't too much wrong. But last night, um, as a, this just shows you what a master that Michelle is. Um, we were talking about how the inside of the home can sort of rever- reverberate into the outside. So I've just suddenly got this magic garden. Suddenly with spring, I've got birds nesting, I've got bees with a hive, I've got plants popping up I haven't seen for years. And I was talking to Michelle about it and, and it, what you said, Michelle, was what were the words you said? <laughs> I can't remember. What were the words that I said? <laughs> um, that, um, oh, that, that there'd been a lot of rain. <laughs> um, other than no, that, not that only I that. Um, I did actually predict at the beginning of the year that October would be an extremely wet month and everybody thought I was crazy. Um, But I have actually been proved right. It has been a very wet month. So that's been great for your garden. 
But your garden, yeah, mm. the exterior of your home has a huge impact on the interior of your home. And Kes's back garden is actually in pockets that all have positive feng shui for this year. They all have positive feng shui energy. So the directions um, has very favourable energy. Add some water and you've got a magic garden. There you go. I've got a magic garden. I've got a magic garden. <laughs> Love my Kiz, garden. Can you, Kiz, can you share with us some of the things that Michelle changed in your home when you had your um, feng shui consultation? Hmm. I actually um, consulted with Michelle about, I think it was about three years ago, because uh, mm-hmm. I was given a, a what we call a lucky frog. And a lucky frog has a Chinese coin in its mouth. And the coin wouldn't stay in its mouth. It kept falling out. And I thought, it's got to stay there. And I, first of all, I rang Michelle and, and said to her, what do I do? She is it facing the right way? So we checked it out where it was facing. Um, and then the co- I even um, blue tacked the sticky tack, the, um, the coin, <laughs> and it still fell out. So I thought, yeah. what my home doing, what it wants. So I gave the frog away to a friend who immediately put it in the right position. I watched her do it. And the coin just stayed sitting there and never fell out. But in my house, it fell out all the time. I just about vacuumed, vacuumed it up every day. So Wow. Yeah. So it's, we were laughing, Michelle and I were laughing about it last night. And it was like, well, what do you, what do you do? Um, I actually feel that I did the right thing. I don't think the frog was, it's a stone frog, and I don't think it was very comfortable in my house. Um, and when Michelle, stone frog. But um, when Michelle walked through my house, she, 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 she pointed out different things I could replace. And it wasn't, uh, it yes. wasn't like, because um, I'm an artist, they have my own work around yes. the house as well. Yes. So, yes. It wasn't like, oh, my God, go and change this immediately. It was like, yeah, it, you're fairly spot on, but I did this, this, and this. And I have talked to other um, clients of Michelle about her method, method of uh, communicating. And Michelle's very gentle the way she suggests things. So it's not like get rid mm-hmm. of that immediately and chuck it out the door. It's like it might be better if it was replaced somewhere else. And, and I think most people, when you own a home, that's the way, you know, we've decorated the home with our heart and soul unless you just throw everything in the room. Um, mm. And I, I love the way that was put across to me, like if you replace it or repurpose it, and she was very, very gentle. So I found Michelle um, the exa- exactly what I was needing at that exact time. I didn't need someone coming in and saying, chuck that out. I needed someone to say, yeah. repurpose, replace. And that's, you know, because... It has to do with what's at your front door and what's at your back door, really, with me. Mm. That's, that's where I was concerned. Yeah. 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 I, Michelle, I actually, um, I actually find most, most people's homes are filled with their treasures. So people, the question about clutter, 
um, oh, I, I, I don't come in, I've still got cobwebs or I, I need to clean up before you get there. And I'm very much like, no, you don't. Like, like, like that's yeah. your home and that is your space. And what is actually clutter to one is a treasure to another. So I think you have to be yeah, very respectful um, and mindful with your client. You, you do have to be firm, though. Um, there, there are times that I do have yeah. to kind of put my foot down and be firm um, <laughs> where, 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 where they need to shift or move something. Um, but it kind of, if it can be their idea as well, it certainly helps. Um, and generally, look, I'm really lucky. People only call me into their home if, if they actually want to make a shift and a change. So I'm not trying to convert people that aren't believers. Yes. Oh, other than the, ad- yeah. uh, the uh, odd husband. There's quite a few husbands that aren't believers. Um, but, but, <laughs> Why would you say odd? odd well, well, I, well, not all husbands are non-believers, um, but now and then I get a few. But usually the easiest way to, to convert them is if I just start telling them uh, their Chinese astrology. And if I can pinpoint mm. some of their traits, all of a sudden you've got them on side. So um, yes. it, it's just, um, it, it's, under, it's really understanding your clients and understanding their home. Mm. So, Michelle, obviously you've got decades of um, skill and knowledge in feng shui and Chinese astrology. Do you have someone that mentors or supports you because you're at such um, a wonderfully high level of knowledge and wisdom, but do you have someone that um, mentors and supports you as well? Um, I've actually found the industry, the feng shui industry is actually very interesting because everybody, all practitioners very much keep to themselves. It's it's not a yes. really supported industry. Um, having said that, though, I have studied under Lillian Two for a lot of years and I've also, Lillian Two is actually a rooster, the same as me. There's, um, there, there, oh. there is obviously an age difference between us, um, but um, she is actually, she has a very similar chart to what I have, um, which I found fascinating mm. when I discovered that years ago. Mm. And I have also studied under Joey Yap as well and Raymond Lowe. So I, over the years, I've studied under quite a few of the main masters and um, yes. you do receive support there. But a lot of the journey I found initially, I, I had to take on myself. And that that's why I find mm. it really important that I share my knowledge um, and I teach a lot yes. of students and with my students, I'm like, ask me a question. I remember when I was learning, one of the masters that I initially learned under here in Perth, um, mm-hmm. I did the course and then I said, okay, well, how, how, how do I know that I'm doing it right? How, how, how do I know that I'm giving my client the right information? Can you check yeah. my notes? Can you check my charts? And she said, yes, I can, but I charge three fifty an hour. And I, I was like, what? I'm not even charging my client that. So um, so a lot of the information I, I kind of really had to garner and dig deep and, and understand and teach myself, um, which is why it's so important to me to educate people properly on the subject at yes. this point. I don't want them to go through what I had to go through. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But Kez, no, I, got the next I have question. no major mentor other than Kez helping me with my book. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big yes. help. It's like, what do you think? And I say, it's okay. So, <laughs> 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 that, that, that's just how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
I know that you have seminars and you have coaching sessions, but you also have magical retreats, which I've been to a couple. Um, and the ladies in the retreats, t- tell me about what, where you have your retreats and what they are taught at your retreats. Okay, well, I just love teaching retreats. Um, With all my years of teaching, I have found that I can actually get a much better result with my ladies. Um, I'm yet to run men's retreats. At the moment, I run solely women's retreats alone. Um, when I teach from home and they, they, they're getting to get away from me as such um, in between lessons and classes, they don't tend to take it in as much. But when you take them away, so my initial retreats were in Bali, which was just amazing. Mm. And when the world reopens, I really hope to teach in Bali again. Um, but the Balinese culture actually follows quite a lot of feng shui principles. So it's, it's a beautiful mm. location to actually explain feng shui to 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 the student um but these days i teach them in margaret river and um i Mm. take everybody down to this beautiful luxurious property that is surrounded by trees and wineries and it, it also sits on the edge of a dam so the house that i teach from is a really amazing feng shui example so why the ladies are on the retreat they actually get to kind of live it they they get to understand a house that is actually set up placement wise really well um and environment wise really well and and other than me just teaching feng shui and chinese astrology my my retreats it's a whole journey for the client and the student um and we have art classes we visit wineries um we have lots of conversations and i also bring local artists and healers in as well to to lighten the mood but i find the journey is remarkable with the women They, they they tend to learn so much about themselves without the distraction and often it'll be six women that have never met before which is even better because there's um there's no judgment and everybody's on their own journey so the Chinese astrology retreat is extremely powerful for people to understand where they're going why why they've felt certain ways within their relationship or within their home within their career um the feng shui is they have so many light globe moments of oh my god I've got that painting in my bedroom or that that mirror shouldn't be there and um they just get to soak it all in it is it's just an it's it's just a really magical experience it's um they're they're amazing if I say so myself (laughs) no I can vouch for that (laughs) Tony (laughs) they sound amazing um yeah I, I have to agree with you um about Bali I really miss Bali, um, mm. there's something about um, the culture and the people and the spiritualness of Bali that, um, and normally I would have gone, you know, two or three times in a year and haven't been back for, it feels like years. Yes, um, so yes. I understand what you mean about, um, if you think about places like Ubud and the, the, just mm-hmm. You can feel the energy and it would be a perfect place for um, a retreat that uh, about feng shui. It would be just beautiful. I digress. Um, Since you've written the book, what opportunities have arisen for you, Michelle? Um, 
they, well, it's actually inspired me to write more books. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so now, good, so now excellent. Writing, I, I, I'm like, oh wow, okay, I can create that next. So, um, like I said, this is the first in a series of six. So I'm already on to my yes. next one. Um, and the next one that I'm hoping to have out by Christmas is actually a journal. So it's going to be a feng shui journal and it's one page to the day. And I was going to do a tips um, book, but I decided I would combine my tips book with the journal. So the journal will actually be similar to the beginner's feng shui, but every day you get a juicy tip on something new to do around your home. So that'll be 365 tips. So um, at the end of your journal, at the end of a year, other than the self-growth that you will actually have by journal writing of course um you will look at your home and your environment and your relationships are really quite differently as well but um no I'm I'm still teaching I'm still consulting I'm now doing radio um so I suppose that's a bonus (laughs) from my book (laughs) um but no like life is still moving forward um and I think the books are really fantastic long-term project um people can pick it up now they can pick it up in five years and I think that's amazing to think that um I can help somebody in five years time even if they don't actually get to meet and talk to me Michelle do you think that um the world is more open to eastern culture and spiritualism and thing modalities like feng shui and chinese do you think that the world's um i previously people couldn't talk openly about these subjects without people going oh that's a bit woo woo whereas now i think that we can absolutely openly embrace uh the teachings wisdom and knowledge that can be gained from alternate um modalities such as feng shui have you seen a change over the course of your 20 years Uh, Yes, I have. Um, Obviously, experience helps you grow within any industry. Um, And to when you're feng shuiing somebody's house, I like you kind of like a surgeon, like if if you're going to go to a doctor or a Mm -hmm. surgeon, you want to know that they know what they're doing and that they're actually giving you the right advice. And feng shui can, um, people can be misled and given the wrong information very easily, um, which can upset their relationships, Ah. their health and their wealth. So I think it's very important that you have the right grounding and understanding when you're teaching feng shui. Um, Back in the day, no, it was harder to actually learn it and people weren't as open to it. I think I was trying to sell it a lot more than what I do these days. Um, These days, and as times have got harder, I remember in 2019 people saying to me, oh, my God, that was a hard year. Like, uh, surely it's going to get better. And I was like, no, Mm. actually it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and my daughter said to me, but mum, you're meant to be selling people hope. Like feng shui is about giving them hope that they're going to have a change and a difference. And my point of view is, yes, it's I am meant to be selling hope, but I also have to sell reality. And the more yes. people have an understanding of it and the more people are open to the changes of the energy, like um be it feng shui, vatsu, um, astrology, um, like Mm. all of those things are 
yeah, they're more relevant these days um, and people are a lot more open to them these days. And the harder times are, like if you're struggling in your relationship, mm. a lot of people straight away will go, okay, I need a tarot reading. I, like I, 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 I need my astrology done. So um, when people are struggling with health, relationship or money luck, generally money and relationship luck, like they're, they're the two top questions yeah, on the to get the health. Um, but yeah. health has really come to the forefront in the last year or two, obviously. Um, so, you yeah. know, there's a lot more need for it. Pe- people are grasping at straws. They they actually need more understanding. And co- like COVID, as an example, we knew COVID was coming back in 2019. Yes. Um, it yeah. just didn't have a name. It, it was written about in all the texts. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy repeats itself. So if you actually look back to even the rainfall of how much rainfall there was yes. 60 years ago, it will actually be comparable to how much rainfall there is this year because the energy oh. was in the same position exactly 60 years ago. So how the world performed was similar to how the world is actually performing now. So, yeah, the harder things are, the more feng shui is actually embraced. So, Michelle, what happened 60 years ago that was equivalent to COVID? We, there would have been, there was disease. I did actually look at this earlier ah. in the year, Tony. You're calling me on yeah, something yeah. that um, I, I can't remember, but I'm sure I wrote about it. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, the the position of the power struggles, so there would have been the same types of natural disasters. The weather would have been in the same position. Um, there would there was um, power struggles within military war yes. um, around yes. the world at that point in time. It does change, obviously, because of people power, and now we have extra yes. travel and we have social media. So the disease that would have hit at that time it would have been contained um, within Mm. the country that that it actually hit Mm. and it would have hit in southeastern countries as well so um, Australia actually sits in the southeast and it's really interesting the southeast this year has um, an energy which is total loss calamity life-threatening energies um, that sits in the southeast and it's actually doubled for this month the month of October so that is why we're looking at countries like Romania and the southeastern sector of Europe all of a sudden has had a major Mm -hmm. spike, Um, the same as we've got that major spike in um, Melbourne and Sydney within Australia. Um, America's actually doing quite well. America sits in the west on the world map, the same as Western Australia, Mm -hmm. and the west actually has current prosperity this year. So in certain ways, America's actually thriving, where last year not so much so. They had um, the energy Mm -hmm. of multiplication. So it meant whatever energy was hitting, it was actually magnified and multiplied. Yes, so you could actually if you, if you explain that. it in um, in simple people terms, yeah. then people go, yes. oh, wow, feng shui is great. I, I get it now. Um, but mm-hmm. if you explain it in, in, in big words, then people, it, it goes over their head. But, but it does explain a yeah. lot of what yeah. is going on. Yeah, Michelle, actually, um, the more that you talk, the more it makes sense to me. Uh, sometimes many people can feel the energy but not actually put words around that and from my perspective I've always felt that the world needed COVID to 
uh, help realign things and help shift the energy. And I actually think that it was very much needed in this time and space to slow us down, turn us inward and cause us to reflect on our lives. And what you're saying kind of aligns with those those thoughts as well. Um, before I hand you over to Kez again, um, do you? I know that you've said that 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 common thing gosh 2019 was tough 2020 was tough 2021's not been too much better is there a cycle that ends soon and lifts soon are we headed towards that are we headed towards hope um (laughs) well yes we are actually um the energy a lot of people if you're old enough will actually remember that there was a major shift in energy in about 2004 so we Uh started a 20-year time period called period eight which is why the number eight is so popular um it's not just the infinity sign it does actually represent current prosperity it also represents the young man so this is why in all our countries all our politicians have actually always been the younger one that wins the um wins Uh wins the voting um if you look at all politics since 2004 it's the young man that always wins okay they 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 take it out um so in the u.s Except in the US, yes. Well, that kind of yeah, that was the change. Um, that 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 they definitely skipped <laughs> there, didn't they? Um, it depends on, on on your point of view. Um, but the, um, I, I sometimes have to be very politically correct. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, but you noticed the shift there also brought with it the first female. So she's mm-hmm. likely to correct. Step up. Okay, so come 2024, there's a very good opportunity mm. that you will see her as the president of America um, or USA. Yeah, wouldn't that be um, amazing? Yeah, so um, so when we hit period eight after 2004 until 2024, we're in what is called an Earth time period. Now, Earth is about mm-hmm. rounding. It's about growth. It can be very solid and rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's actually preparing us for the next time period, which starts in 2024. And that is actually going to be... Oh, that's exciting. Nine. Yeah, period nine. And period nine is a time of fire. So you will notice in the last couple of years, particularly since about 2017, how much um, technology has absolutely taken off. So as we hit period yes. nine, period nine is a time of fire. So fire technology is a fire energy. Um, so we'll see a lot more like, I know we had the woman, girl, young girl that um, founded Canva. Um, we've got more Facebook. Yes. Zoom yes. Has, has really, um, COVID has actually caused all of this to happen and to propel us in that area. Mm-hmm. But we're being propelled towards period nine energy, which we are starting to feel now. Now, period nine yes. is about hope. It's about illumination. Um, it is said to be the second coming of Christ, of course, March of 2024, mm. which March. Well, that'll February, be interesting. Won't it? Um, but but it is it's the age of Aquarius, Aquarius yes. enlightenment. Yes. So yes. we have had to go through COVID because really we yes. we I agree. our lessons. Um, so there, there there needed to be not maybe a bit of a culling. Um, <laughs> that might be a little bit too strong a word. Um, but there has to be that no, stabilisation um, for us to actually regroup, regrow, and to move forward. I agree. Absolutely Fantastic. agree with that. Yeah. So, Michelle, 
I guess it's yeah. my turn to ask a question now. <laughs> yes. yes, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I I refer to feng shui as a vibration. Would you agree? Uh, yes, it is a vibration of energy. So feng shui is actually the um, art and manipulation of furniture, energy, movement around you. So, yes, okay. definitely a vibration. Okay. Because you can definitely feel that um, when you do place things right in your home and you've got the outside starts to respond or vice versa, there's definitely a vibration. And I know that when I close my back door, I have felt the vibration stop. And when I open yes. the back door, the vibration, because my back door leads straight into my garden, the back, the vibration starts up again. And I don't know whether it's just me being, um, I, I, I love my my different um, aspects of, of how I create vibration. I don't know whether it's just me, but I have recognized it. So if we call uh, feng shui a vibration, um, how would, I mean, are your thoughts included in that once you've, once you've done what you can to your home and, and the outside of it, does your thought process come into it? Um, it can, and it definitely will, because as soon as you have that um, light globe moment, a light bulb moment, I suppose, of feng shui and Chinese astrology, of the energy that is within your home, then you tend to look at things actually differently than you would before, which you do with any form of knowledge. So in, in anything that you garner a little bit of knowledge on, you're obviously going to change your point of view of the way that you see things. Um, but I do have clients that have like, they've had interior designers come in and um, they've moved into a new home and the husband's actually said oh my god when's Michelle coming in like the feng shui hasn't been done <laughs> because um they, they've used the wrong colors or they've used the wrong elements um I've simply gone in moved a few things around changed color and it's actually changed the whole perspective in the home for that family um color as we all know has a very strong vibration so um when we look at color through our home um it all the colors actually vibrate to us um furniture also holds memory um like water holds memory so mm. so so there's an energy and there's a vibration in everything secondhand furniture can often be really um not good for a home because a secondhand couch or a secondhand bed actually holds the vibration and the energy and chi of the yep. past occupant so you're actually bringing that into your home so if you're going to bring in secondhand furniture um do it up make sure you cleanse it like it needs to be cleansed mm -hmm. it needs to be cleared and this is why and even the selling of a home. So people stay in a home until they've learnt their lesson. Um, uh, uh, houses pick people. People don't pick houses. We, we, we think we have all this control. Um, but in fact, we don't. We A house will pick us. A house yes. will wait for us. And you actually only move house when you're meant to, when, when the timing is right and yes. you've learnt the lesson within the home. So people that go, oh, I, I can't sell my house, there's still a lesson there's still actually an attachment to that house. Um, they've still hooked their vibration and energy into the vibration of the home. So they have to understand how to let go of it as such to be able to sell their house and move on. And then often a client will pick two or three houses that have a very similar energy pattern and print 
because maybe they haven't learnt the lesson or they've got a new lesson to learn. And Mm. they'll go, what about this one? And what about this one? And I go, right, well, you're actually picking the same energy. So that's your next step. Mm. That's your next lesson that you need to learn. So Mm. um, vibration is very important. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, I I left the, I left a huge house, a four bedroom house, and there was just the two of us rattling around in it, and moved to a smaller cottage, which you have come to, and um, I love it. I just love it here. I love everything about it here. But my husband keeps saying when we're getting on the road, and so I know he <laughs> here. I just feel that he's he's still got a lesson to learn. Yeah, so it's a feeling, um, I, it's a feeling I pick up. I, look, I can walk into some really, really beautiful houses. I I, I, I consult from all, all levels on suburbs um, and right through to um, corporate and um, heritage listed buildings. Mm. Um, they they mm. all have their energy. They all actually have their story. Just because you have a beautiful looking home doesn't mm. mean it necessarily has healthy or happy people in it. So right. it, it doesn't actually come down to the size and it doesn't come down to how many cobwebs you have and how dusty your home is um a house that has cobwebs and has dust and is quite kind of small can have a couple in it that are ecstatically happy and they're they're actually happy within themselves and within their relationship and their health is relatively good i can go into a beautiful home that looks picture perfect Mm. and the family's actually miserable there's uh, the husband might be having an affair they might be having children that are playing up they've got power struggles the woman's feeling lonely and dissatisfied so just because something's beautiful doesn't mean it's actually got good feng shui Mm, i agree totally agree with that tony michelle in the last couple of minutes two quick questions one is how do you cleanse a home or a piece of uh, furniture and then some quick tips on your home office office and how to make it flourish so first cleansing clearing and then how to make a home office flourish in our last three minutes Okay. All right. The pressure's on. Three minutes. Um, (laughs) The um, time's not really good for me. Um, I have no concept of time. Um, To cleanse furniture, the best way to cleanse furniture is actually white sage. You can grab a white sage smudge stick and um, you can use that to cleanse your home and you can use it to run it over furniture as well. It will really unsettle the energy so you may not get a good sleep Mm. that night but white sage Mm -hmm. will actually work. You can also to cleanse a home do a simple tea light ceremony. So you place tea small tea lights only the three hour tea lights not the six hour three yes tea lights the um low burn um tea lights place one in each room from the back of the house to the front of the house and you line them up like dot to dot basically so each tea light sees another and you Ah. then light them you can say a prayer to the home and let go of anything that you feel the home is actually holding that will cleanse the energy within a home so tea light candles uh, space clearing i'll actually put that up on my facebook page um today so if anybody wants to have a look at that um and i'll also put up the subscription as well so um if anybody goes to the facebook page um and your other question was office tips a few tips yes make your your home office. office flourish 
Yep. Okay, to make your home office flourish, um, it's actually really good to have space in front of you and your laptop. So if your laptop or computer is actually in front of a window and you are looking out, that is actually much healthier for you than you looking at a um, yes. at a wall. Okay, um, so it's, it makes you far more creative and it's also much healthier on your eyes as well because it gives you a lot a greater distance. It also means that your back is not facing a window. If you've got a window behind you, mm-hmm. it can actually cause betrayal. Um, in an office, you always need a high back chair. You should always have a solid high back chair um, so that you're not stabbed in the back and also so that you have support. And okay. your desk should cool. never float. <laughs> your desk should never float. Your desk should always be buttered to at least against one wall so you don't have a floating desk. If you have a floating desk, it's like if you go to do work at the dining room table, you always feel like mm-hmm. you're in an insecure position. So yeah. you will get up and down all the time. You won't actually work. So it is really important that your desk is stable, that it's grounded and it's fixed, and that you actually have really good support from the back of your chair so they're, they're like they're the easiest tips without having to go into winning winning um the other thing that a lot of people look at which it comes down to a symbolization is the bookcase people go okay well i've got a bookcase and oh does that mean i've got poison arrows poison arrows are coming towards me the simplest way to fix your bookcase is actually to move all your books or all your files right to the front so it's actually flush and it takes away the poison arrows oh nice oh my goodness really easy tips um that everybody can do in their office lovely michelle we are completely out of time i could keep talking to you and kez for the next hour we are so delighted that you came and um on the show today thank you for your time kez as always thank you so much that my friends is our lot for this week please jump onto michelle's sites they're in the conversation boxes they will be attached to this uh interview wherever you're watching it don't forget to jump on connect with michelle and her complete feng sway network on facebook patreon uh youtube and on her website Michelle, thank you so much. Kez, thank you you so much for joining us today. And that is your lot for this week. We will be back next week with more of our conversation with Kez and Kez Wiggum St. George. Bye for now, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.